Welcome to the Bamba and Tim podcast. Uh, today we have a very special episode that I've been waiting for for a long ass time because uh, for some reason I'm the reader now all of a sudden. Nathan can go out here, he could read a hundred law books, but it takes him a year and a half to finish this uh, memoir that took me like a couple months. So, um, But Nathan finally caught up. He read the uh, book by one of our favorite, one of my favorite authors, at least I'll say, I think it's one of our favorite authors, Sir Bobby Hall. Um and Sir Bobby Hall is a fantastic guy. He's a, you know, you don't know him from anywhere else. It just, you, that name just speaks for itself. Um, no, but it's a logic, you know, which at first when I was like, uh, thinking about reading logic's book, I was like, Oh, I'm not going to read logic's book. Like for supermarket, it was going to be bad. Like expectations were at the floor for supermarket, which he wrote before, which we've done episodes about great book. Um, we both love that book too. And then he came out with a second book, and I got to say, my expectations were through the roof. I don't know about you. Were your expectations through the roof? I think it would have been if I if it was like another like fictional novel. Yeah. But the thing is, it was a memoir, um, like autobiography. So I think I had higher high expectations in terms of like his writing style because he blew me away at the first book. Like I didn't know he was that good of a writer yeah. for a guy who didn't even finish high school. Um, he's, you know, prolific. And, um, but in a way I still like was unsure what this meant, you know, cause it's an autobiography. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about this bright future, which is by logic, which is his autobiography about his life. And I, for me, I, I think that Nathan's logic made a lot more sense, but I think just cause it's supermarket and cause my expectations for that book were so low when he came out with this book, I, my expectations were super high and I was like, Oh, I'm so excited to read logic again. And I got to say for me, man, I will get into it more, but I was so shocked in a good way again, where this book was equally as good in a completely different way. Um, And it's a book that I think about a lot more than books I think I should be thinking about more. Like, because I've had some time, I finished reading this. I had like, I did like a whole book review um, on Notion. So uh, it helps me remember, but I finished reading this in February of this year. And so it's been about uh, nine, 10 months uh, since, uh, you know, I've read it. So, um, and I, I was reading it from December to February. So late December to February. So around this time, actually I started reading it today, a year ago. That's crazy. December 17th, 2021. So I started reading it. I don't know if I just kind of picked a date that I thought I started reading it though, but maybe I could tell from audible. Cause I, again, I think we both read it in two different ways. Cause I, or I guess I didn't read it. Okay, guys. I know people get mad when I say that I listened to the audiobook for it because I love logic's narration. That was one of my favorite things from, um, supermarket. And I remember when I was listening to the audiobook, there was a few elements of it that, um, really stood out to me that I actually kind of forced you to, to, uh, listen to it also because of those moments. And so do you think it was worth it to listen to it or did you listen to it? At all? Um, yeah. So this was actually like my first audiobook. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't audiobook the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had a very, and I'm normally not like this, but I had a very uh, messy reading process. So yeah. I think I started the book probably around the same time as you, but I read it like kind of like sporadically and spaced out. Yeah. Like I'd wait, I'd be like several months and then I'd pick it back up. And I had a stint where I was like reading. I started it just by, I think just straight. Uh, I think I did both when I started, I did audiobook and reading. Yeah. And that's how, we talked about that, I think, on one of the other podcasts when I finished part one. But then I had a point where we were on a car ride to Carmel, which is like NorCal. 
and that was all audiobook. And then I finished off the book all reading because I just want to be done with it and I know I'm a fast reader. So when I was reading the audiobook, I, it would be like 10 times slower than what I could read. So to me, I was like, I just want to finish it. You know, Did you I had like, like do like time one point five times speed on the audiobook? No, because I like hearing like his natural like voice and it's it's logic who's yeah. like um reading it, so you kinda don't wanna it feels like a podcast almost. You don't wanna like rush it. You I know? used to have that guilt and now whenever I listen to a podcast or listen to an audiobook, it's like weird. Like I feel like my brain can like understand it sped up and I could still get the nuances in it right. um after listening to so much. Unless but, it's uh, Ben Shapiro, in which case he's already at 1.5. <laughs> I actually listen to Ben Shapiro. I don't, so normally. At two? No, no, or no. Like, no. So like, I normally listen to most podcasts at like 1.75 or like two. But yeah. then Ben Shapiro, like I'll just do like 1.25 or 1.5. But the way you do it with Ben Shapiro is whenever I want to listen to something, is you start it out at 1.75 and you try to listen to it. And then you could put it at 1.5 I love. 1. I love how it was like just a complete joke that I was saying that because he's like um such a quick like talker you do have to have a strategy and then you're, and then you're like nope i already have the bench pure strategy actually I'm yeah like, that's crazy. you have to start it out faster and then you could bring it down because i hate like uh you can you can listen to so much more you know and especially when you're on whenever i'm on like youtube and stuff if i'm not putting it in like a faster speed i feel like i get stuck you know where it's like if i have it at a faster speed i can just like watch the video and be done with it because i'm kind of like framing that's my mind that's in like a more productive way where yeah. like, i'm just trying to listen to this real quick you know and then just uh move on yeah i mean yeah with logics i'm just like i was actually watching a uh that's also why i stayed up late last night i was uh i finished his um his interview with uh big boy tv on youtube so like i got to like listen to all that and anyway i'm just so used to, i've watched like you know so many of his interviews obviously like everyone knows I'm like a huge logic fan. So basically like, you know, I've yeah. basically consumed so much of his content. It just feels weird to hear his voice like sped up. But yeah, I did like a portion, both portion, just audio. So what was your experience portion, with the reading. audiobook? Did you enjoy it listening to it or? Yeah, I did. Um, I just treat like a podcast eventually. I was just like, okay, like just like listening, you know, and like I'm just in the car because I, I get motion sick when I read in the car. So I have to just do audiobook only. Yeah. And that way I could put a dent in the book um and then i put it down the book for like months because i had my internship and um law school but then i had a free night the other night and i was like i just finish it you know it's yeah. just i i think after dinner i just started reading it and then i was done by like before midnight so yeah i love those when you get like addicted to reading i need to i just wanted to finish it book like you know that. yeah because yeah, like sophia was like working and stuff so i was like i just have i could finish like i just also hate the feeling i've never had this is the first time in my life where I've actually had a book sit unfinished. I always finish books. Always. I like, but this one was just like, I don't know, just life got in the way. And I was like, it just was eating at me. Knowing I can't even pick up a new book with knowing that that one is like halfway, not, it was like more than halfway done. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah. I know the feeling. I know so, the feeling. So do you want to expand more on your thoughts on the book or yeah i mean yeah. you're you kind of read it fresh so i was gonna ask you yeah, so you like, what, ask, what okay. was what was your impression i mean, maybe we should break it into three parts because the book was kind of in three parts right i'm so. i'm honestly kind of fuzzy on the i mean i could give you like general thoughts yeah. like i obviously just finished reading the part three two days ago um but i think i gave my thoughts on an earlier podcast on part one because i we had a check-in about it kind of like breaking bad um but part one, I think we agreed was like the most like 
emotionally like taxing part like just like this dude's it's probably the most interesting part too yeah if i to be honest just because it's the part of logic that we don't know about the most like the whole part where he's like logic i already knew about because i was like there you know i was a i was a fan but he like we i think we both agreed he did not like his music is only scratching the surface of like how crazy this guy's this guy would just be like there are guns and drugs in the house like every a lot of his songs or like interviews just be like oh yeah it was like violence and drugs and addiction and we're like okay you know i mean like obviously that sucks but then like just hearing like in like page for page detail him breaking down like what that looked like i honestly feel like the dude was like kind of underselling himself like it's gnarly the way he talks about it is so casually and so i remember there was like a moment when reading the book that it kind of like clicked for me the severity because the way that he talks about it's like oh yeah my dad was in and out and like i was like what's up dad and then he would leave and go get milk like and he talks right very, he like talks very casually makes a lot of jokes about it and for me the moment that i realized how fucked up his life was is when i heard the phone call with his mom on the audiobook yep. which me was too a huge realization for me because she, he played in, he, he had a recording of his mom's audio when she was on the phone. And so he was describing it throughout the book. My mom would be yelling at people all the time, screeching at people. People would look at her like an insane person. And I was with her. I was, in, I wasn't embarrassed. I was defending her. He was like, you know, I felt like I had to protect my mom, you know? And he was like, my mom was this absolute crazy person. And it's really hard to picture, especially because how casually he would say it. And then the audio recording was just the mom screaming at a cut, like it was a representative for like food stamps or something. It was like some like social service uh, worker. And she was just screaming at the top of her lungs. Like someone was like about to murder her, like insane person. And I, and that like really like um, made it click for me. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, like everything he's saying is like, so played down to like what it actually was. Yeah. And how poor he grew up where he was like, I remember what he said. He had to like walk in like the freezing cold, holding like two milk jugs, walking to, to and from the grocery store. It's like, that's like crazy. Cause it's like, so it's like, this is like the worst um, country to be into without a car, you know? So you know that like, if they don't have a car when you're that young, like I can't even imagine the stuff he went through. And I have a quote here too, that um, kind of incomp- like, uh, like shows that like he was like um, holding on to the good memories a lot because even like the good memories for him, quote unquote, were just like basic mundane things that anyone would do. Just like sitting down and having dinner with his family, just like very like uh, mundane uh, things that we probably wouldn't even think about. And so he said, it sounds strange to say, but the good memories are the ones that make me sad. It makes me sad that the most precious memories of my childhood are the ones that an average person would throw away. And then he continues, he says, Still, even though the good memories hurt, I cherish them and hold on to them because they're the only ones I have. And that made me so sad and so put into perspective so much that, um, you know, just how bad his childhood is that like this good memory. I remember his like memories with his dad in the book. Like he had only a few memories with him and it was like the most mundane things that he was like, that's all I remember, you know, and that's like all... And then eventually throughout the book, you see that his dad turns into like this person just begging him for money and keeps using him. And it's just like a very sad relationship there that it seems like he's kind of trying to rebuild to this day. It sounded like even at the end, right? A or little did he, bit. Yeah. He's, so I he's, think it said it's in waves or something. He said right now, like when he was writing that they're like not really talking because he did try 
But he's like, you know, who knows? Because he said out of the two parents, the dad's the only one like he could even try. But the mom yeah. is just like off her rocker, you know? Yeah. Um, but actually one of relating to the memories thing, I will say I loved the ending. And when I say the ending of the book, I mean like the last page. Um, it was a it was a great touch, honestly, with how he related to the shadow puppets in his own childhood and how he's like now doing it with like his son. It gave me chills reading that at the yeah. very end. Just being like and him being like, I, I, I think it was like the very end, the epilogue. He was like, I promise to give you like the life I never had or something. And I was like, that ending, like as in the last two pages of the book, especially if you read the whole thing, very, very, very touching. Very, very, I love how he ended it. It was just, it's short, simple, but full circle. Very interesting. Just, I was like yeah. taking elements of his fucked up childhood and trying to like spin it. And like, it's kind of like yes. this weird yes, uh, parallel thing, which is very interesting. Um, and yeah, and I and I so the book was kind of in three sections too, where like the first section was his childhood, the second section was his adolescence, and then the third adolescence to logic, and then like the third section was logic, um, or yeah, I don't yeah logic. And so it, I, a very interesting thing for me that maybe you already knew more about was just the process of him becoming logic and becoming the rapper that we know him today, and how conscientious and like planned out and like orchestrated that process was because I kind of always assumed that it's more natural than that where it's kind of like they make a song it gets big and then they react but it was very interesting to hear about like how it's the complete opposite of that where it's like I have talent I'm building a team around me I'm gonna push this as hard as I can and let's see what happens you know what I mean I didn't know that how much work went into that and how like much of an actual decision that was before he made it, you know what I mean? Or before he even came close to making it. And for like years, he was like not making any money going on these tours, you know, trying to play any gig to be with someone to try to get his name out there. Um, and another thing that really stood out to me is how he had a very interesting insight. Cause you could really tell like the moment he got into rap was a very good moment too, where it was so the places he was at, was so interconnected. The names he was saying was insane. Like Mac Miller, how he was on the rap thread communities where he literally would be um, doing like rap battles and stuff against Mac Miller and all these famous, I, the Mac Miller is the only one I remember, but there was like, he was shouting out names in these like forums and stuff of people who were like huge and they all were nobodies at the time. And it's really interesting how he really showed that like the rap culture then was so small and connected in like the amateur rap culture that it was like that blew my mind too i didn't know about that at all yeah i i think even being a fan there's a lot that logic just i mean it speaks to kind of the person he is but you really don't realize like just how crazy this dude like had it like i did not realize he only had um oh, oh that's uh, that, noah's that noah or is that no, that's not mine. But that freaks me out because me oh, and Noah yeah. have the same alarm. Grab, can you grab his phone yeah. right there? Should I stop it? Or? Yeah, you can stop it. Okay. Typical life um, <laughs> as Noah's roommate um, for his future girlfriend listening. Um, that always freaks me out because I have the same exact alarm in the morning. So I thought it was my phone. Yeah. Because uh, we, we both have the Mark Rabier 
uh, your morning alarm or whatever. Yeah. But uh, basically, was- yeah, like I didn't realize he only had $1,500 in his bank account when Under Pressure came out. Like the tour. Like he's literally, and I didn't realize that the whole purpose of the While You Wait tour, which a lot of Logic fans know about, was literally just to raise money just to like get by. Like you don't know this stuff. Like yeah. he doesn't, I didn't realize his whole like day was just so unhealthy where he was just like, oh yeah, I'd be up for like 15 hours or something like that. And then like sleep. And then like, I'd be running on like one Coke or something or like one Coke and like one, I think it's like hot pockets or like something like that. Like just like a really, and like McDonald's or something like just like a terrible, terrible. And he said like, I feel like I was trying to get every happy meal I didn't get as a child. And I'm like, dude yeah but he's like drinking coke every day and he's like yeah. peeing blood and i'm like yeah yeah during and the time he's actually making his best music which is yeah and crazy. i remember i remember he said like he was like and then i would go and pee blood and i'd just be like well he's like he's like so like casual about it too it's like funny that i really like that vibe from the book too where he didn't try to dramatize anything you know he was just like saying it how it is he just literally would just put it out there just like so casually so authentically and he didn't have to emphasize it or make it really dramatic where he's like i i feel like most authors even would be like i walked into the bathroom i opened up the handle i like you know was was shaking i i blood came out as i was uh, you know like he didn't say it like that at all it was so he casual. has too many stories where like if he did exactly. it every single one we'd have like five books <laughs> yeah. and honestly though it's crazy because like even the title of his first album under pressure like I didn't realize he named it that because like straight up he was under pressure. But like, <clears throat> I feel like even that title, I don't and know if he, he feels didn't make it. He was fucked. He was absolutely He said fucked. he basically, his career was done before it started. That's what he said. And I was like, that's nuts because I feel like even that title under pressure, you don't really, you don't realize like, oh, it's, he's serious. Like it's actually like, not just, it's not even like just normal pressure. It's like everything pressure. And he just calls it under pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then the incredible true story, like those two albums, which I think most logic fans would agree are like his best albums. The dude was like a psychopath during it the whole time, like recording 18 hours a day, barely making money, you know, touring media, like just killing himself basically. And it's funny how I I don't want to, not in like a mean way, but it's funny that when his mental health started getting better, his music got worse. (laughs) And yeah. I'm just like, but it almost just shows like everyone used to say, like, oh, Logic was hungry. I'm like, well, yeah, because the dude basically was like, I have to write the best rap ever. He was or literally I'm hungry. <laughs> he was like, he's literally, literally hungry. He's literally like, I'm going to like die if this thing doesn't work. So I was like, okay, no wonder Under Pressure and New Coverture Story are so good because yeah. it's like the dude was like going ham. Like probably those were like the best 20 songs of like the hundreds he was making at the time, you know? So it's it's crazy. Yeah. I, I didn't realize the level, you know. Definitely. And I was, I, I was, um, do, I was like, when I was reading it, I actually was reading it and thinking about you a lot because I was thinking that, like, you know, if you wanted to in another life, y- you could market yourself like Logic did and try to go down that path. And so I was really curious that when you were reading that, were you like envious or like not really envious, but like, did you think about that? path more seriously after reading it because even i did and i suck you know what i mean it's like even after reading that it's like you know you just think and you're like oh wow like i totally could market myself like it's really inspiring the way that he just went for it and marketed himself and 
put everything into it. Well, one thing I like about the book is that Logic didn't shy away from being like, by the way, don't try to use these tactics anymore. This was like back when the internet was new, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, of and course. And he also talks yeah. about like how much luck was involved. Like Zeru, if Zeru didn't like step up big time, Logic's not going anywhere. Um, But I think I was reading this book in conjunction with um this youtube guy i was watching and he's really really good he's like the only legit like music marketing youtuber i've ever seen and he's really underground like not even like an edgy way like straight up this dude got like no followers yeah um but he's like super talented he's like he's like rubbing shoulders with like so many industry people in la and his videos are like long like 30 minutes 40 minutes long but i was reading logic's book too um and i also started a book called all you need to know about the music business just like because i thought i was going to go into the legal side actually not to make it as a musician but obviously it's kind of intriguing even because i do make music um and i think the just a combination of all three of those books actually confirmed to me how much i am making the right choice of not going down that path Mm -hmm. um because a lot of people go down a path thinking like oh it's going to be like easy you pursue your dreams um but it's it's not easy at all in fact it's usually more tiring than like a normal career like you're you're kind of and the risk is insane with like such a low margin for error and honestly even the reward even the payout like for every logic that made it there's like a thousand more that like maybe even like kind of sort of made it but like even just getting signed like an indie label I mean, you were better off working at Starbucks the whole life. time yeah, and you would have made so much more money. It sucks, you know? So like, honestly, it kind of confirmed to me like, yep, I'm making the right decision because <laughs> for Logic yeah. to get to where he was, I mean, the dude had to go through so much, you know, like not just in his childhood, but in the come up, like his come up was crazy. I think you could really see the timing of it too. That was like almost like now it's like with any business, you know, when you're starting out and there's, it's a, it's a new market, there's going to be less people entering, you know what I mean? So you're going to have a higher chance of making it while with logic, he was like meeting people like Mac Miller. You see that when he was on those rap forums, it was a really unique place in time because he was yeah. meeting all these people who would later he would meet as super famous artists later in life. And so you see that um, the success rate then had to have been 10 times what it is now with how many people see that as an actual possibility. Because when he did it, it wasn't looked at as a career you could pursue. So that's what made it so attractive and so much more likely for him to do it. Now it's like everyone sees it as a career you could pursue. And like online music was like in its infancy back then. Like like Chris Zeru was like, go down the YouTube path. And Logic's like, you're crazy. No, we got like sell CDs. And like now everyone's on that. So, you know, like there, there's like, there has to be like a new frontier. He was in that moment into. in time where exactly. he could do it. And actually, and I think he, he doesn't shy away from showing how much of, despite all the hard work he put in, I think Logic also, one thing I found really great about the book was that he did not shy away from explaining how it really was like a lot of luck and just timing. And Zaru making like crazy decisions that everyone was like, that's a dumb decision. And it was actually like the smartest one yeah. he could have done. So you kind of have to be like built that way. And me being like very low risk, me kind of trying to make the best informed decision. You're not going to make it because these guys are like on another level of just like, they're just doing everything they, it takes and they're going unorthodox 
paths and i mean even his first tour the yeah. dude was sleeping in like was it like six to a bed or something like that it was nuts like they were <laughs> like they were driving in the cold like his friend like his rear view mirror got smashed or something his rear view uh windshield got smashed and it was like they're driving in like the middle of like a blizzard and they just put a bed sheet there and they're like let's call it a day and i'm like dude they don't Crazy. tell you this stuff and he's just on a uh sold out tour like they don't you think like oh the guy sells out tour there's no way he's broke but he's like actually broke <laughs> oh yeah it, that was super interesting to hear um yeah, it's crazy, crazy that uh, he went through all that. It was definitely a moment in time that you could also tell because the YouTube video that he describes that blew up. It's like a very, very shitty music video. Like today, it was it would be like considered. It's like the level of music video that we used to make almost. You know what I mean? I it really was no better than that. You know, and so they made that music video that blew up, posted it on YouTube, and it shows that that quality of content then was acceptable today completely unacceptable you can't like the, the con there's like a thousand like a plus marketers out there that are all competing against each other you know like that one guy kid Leroy that you love his marketing is insane where he's like and it's so cringe too but like I you gotta respect it you know you go on the TikTok and you like see him and he's like oh like on Omegle or whatever and he, he's like oh do you know this song blah blah and he like kind of like pretends like he's just making it to the person it's like and I hate it. I cringe every time I watch it, but I watch it every time because it's so good. You know what I mean? So it's like that marketing is genius. And there's like a thousand people like him that are just like going to be better than you now. You know where Logic could put up that shitty music video back then because no one had phones, content creation or anything. So it's like it was a very unique moment in time for sure with that. Yeah. And I think also like he also pointed out how like he was not the only one who's crazy but his whole team was like you can't do it alone i think that's one thing that is still true today is that you do need a team and you do need like people who are just as nuts about making it as you are it's just kind of hard to find that you know i mean i'm not one of those people so how am i supposed to find like four more you know yeah, seriously um I yeah, think you also hard. do need that pressure where it's like, oh shoot, like this is the, he he said it multiple times in the book. He's like, this is the only thing I'm good at. This is the only thing I know how to do. And so, because um, when he was depressed, that's all he did. You know, so very parallel almost to like you too. That's why I was thinking about you a lot in the book. Is um, you know, you kind of had that same story in a way. Um, but yeah, so he like, it's it, it's that that pressure of being like poor, not having a way out, and like that's the only thing you know how to do really you know makes it a necessity that that's why he like was he successful. had like this yeah life or death situation almost and he ran with it so i feel like it's a cool story i think it really made me appreciate so much more like um his come up and just like um i'm not gonna lie like in recent years sometimes the dude comes off as really pretentious and kind of weird but you got to give him his props, man, because he's yeah. he's built different, straight up. He is. Um, I didn't also realize, I don't know if you felt this way, I didn't realize how badly he took the confessions thing and how he genuinely thought confessions was good. Like, I'm not trying to, like, yeah, hate on him right that now, but funny. that album sucked. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, he actually was like, yo, guys, I cracked the code. Each single was doing great. I'm like, yeah, because each single was good. Like, literally, like, the rest of the album was garbage. And he, I don't know, he was like, he actually thought it was good. And he like said it was like the lowest point. One of the lowest points of his life was 
releasing confessions and everyone hating on it, which I was like, damn, that's kind of sucks. I mean, well, the way he described it know? was from his perspective, it made a lot more sense too, because the way that he described it is he was like, oh, I had everybody, which was like my masterpiece, and I put the most effort into possible, and it was trying to talk about, you know, me being black versus being white. And then I got labeled as the black and white guy. And then he's like, it, it, the progression that he showed through the three albums that came before it and everyone critiquing it and confessions just kind of seemed like the, the epicenter of all that frustration, you know, where it was just like, he was trying every way to please everyone and everything that he did had like so much hate, you know? Cause, uh, and so I felt for the guy too. when I saw that, cause I heard, yeah. I've heard in my circles, every single thing he was saying, people would talk about like after everybody came out, logic only talks about being biracial. And he like mentioned that, like he like never mentioned that before that album. And I was like, that's so crazy. Cause everyone was saying this is the biracial guy. You know what I mean? And he made like this beautiful, really well put together specific album on the topic with like suicide and like biracial. It was like such a, looking back on a beautiful album, I think his best album, honestly, like in terms of like production and everything. Um, and, th and the criticism he got was so unwarranted. So in, I think that was the point that like made him crazy where he's like, I don't know yeah, what to do. Absolutely. If, if he didn't get that criticism at that point, I think logic would be making a lot better music than he is. Today. I, I completely agree. Yeah. And I think honestly, like if everybody was well received, the dude would be on like, maybe not cold level but like he'd be in the conversation because the dude's run was impressive up to that point i mean if you count the mixtapes like undeniable and welcome to forever and then under pressure the encumbered story everybody there you can't like not say those are like albums where you can tell a dude put an effort like every single one of those you're like the dude was like going nuts like he he was like really really like love or hate everybody you can just tell it's probably besides no pressure the last album he put nutty effort in whereas up to that point it was like a standard he was kind of like it's kind of like cole and kendrick you know they're going to put out a good album it's an because, experience they're putting out yeah and because with cole and kendrick every single album you know they pour their heart into like you know that they're not going to release it unless they've put like everything into it and logic up to that point had that same gold standard like you can receive it yo no like oh yeah you know but anyway ryan's here so we gotta ryan's end the here. podcast i just want to wrap it up real quick too and i want you to see your thoughts on did you think that this book was better than supermarket i don't know actually it's yeah. two different genres man it is it's two like different genres. a really good rock song with like a really good like non-fiction i don't not freaking non-fiction but a freaking yeah. good lo-fi song yeah definitely ryan's here dude um so we're gonna end this episode though yeah, but yeah that uh, long-awaited episode what do you think by the way is it better than supermarket uh personally i think that it was better than supermarket okay I, it, it definitely affected me supermarket was a great first read but i feel like this book is like one that i keep thinking about one that i keep coming back to it like had a more lasting effect on me for sure so i think that okay. i would rank this one higher but i but i loved both of them i loved both of them i ranked it on notion after i finished reading it a nine out of ten so that really shows well, okay i don't know where you're okay. at out of ten on it but i don't know i don't know if you're that it, high. i don't know not that high but it really it really cool. really touched me that the book but yeah so it was, it was really good but yeah uh, we're about to have the podcast with ryan and we're about to do on the next episode the shoe reveal to nathan which is years in the making uh we'll tell you the whole story on that uh on the next one but yeah catch you guys